So the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at a series of thought in the area of music, worship, praise, what that looks like for you and for me. And uh, yeah, you know, right now, you know, normally we'd have a whole bunch of musicians and a whole bunch of singers. And for whatever reason, we've stripped back to where we are with one guitar. And our guitarist is usually the drummer. <laughs> so, so well done, uh, Simon, for multitasking. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. If you are a musician, yes, uh, or you think you've got a good voice, I yes. think I've got a good voice. No, I know I've not. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't tell fibs in church. I know I've not got a vo- good voice. But if, you, if you'd like to be a part of the praise and worship team, come along on a Wednesday night and um, you, can, you can be a part of the team. And, and uh, you know, the only condition is for the worship team is that you love God and that you, ha- you have a heart to worship. That's the, that's the only condition. We don't want someone standing up here thinking... Do I do I want to be here? You know, you've got to have a heart for worship. But also, you know, that that absolute for who God is in your life is the qualification. So we would love to have more of you as part of the team. So we've been looking at these thoughts on praise and worship over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, this morning, my title, if you like, like I, I said before, the title of the message over the next few weeks is They Who Worship Me Must Worship Me in Spirit and in truth, and if you like, my, my subheading for the day is this, understanding the reason for praise. There are many people in church, and there are many people who come into church who really don't get it. They think it's about one thing, or they think it's about something else, but this morning I just want to give you three aspects. It's only three, time won't allow, or I have to do a series of thoughts on praise. So I'm going to give you three aspects of why we praise and the importance of praise. In a sentence, praise, we praise because he is the most high God. Bottom line, if you want one liner, I could finish it there and you could unpack it yourself, but some of you won't go away and unpack it. So I'm here to unpack it for you. We praise God because he is the most high God and he is worthy of our praise. Now, you know, very often when I'm preparing a message or going through um, a message, I will go to my Strong's and my Young's Concordance, my faithful old books of old uh, that tell you all the Greek or the Hebrew words um, for different, different phrases in the Bible. And so I went to my, my, my Young's and my um, Strong's uh, where it says about praise. And in the Hebrew and the Greek, it has so many meanings. It means to sing or to tell of, to confess, to give thanks, to rejoice, to clap, to dance, to lift one's hands and to spin around. There are many, many more, um, but they're just a few of what praise really looks like, what it feels like to confess, to, to proclaim out. We don't sing songs on a Sunday to make us feel good or a bit of a warm-up at the beginning of a meeting. Today, we needed no warm-up. It was so hot in here anyway. But it's not about building yourself up to worship or building ourselves up for the Word of God. It's, this is, you know, some people say corporate worship. 
I, I don't like the word corporate because it sounds like a corporate business. I like collective worship, where we are collectively gathered together. Uh, otherwise, you know, you've got all these little small groups that could be meeting all over the world, but they never come together to collectively worship him in the building together. And I think it's really important that we come collectively as the body of Christ, as a gathering of people, to worship and to praise him. This isn't a sing-along. It's not a karaoke moment. You know, you, you may have a voice that you think, you, you know, you carry, you carry a voice like the angels, but no one else around you thinks so. I have been told that I can be singing from the front and they can hear it at the sound desk. It's like that shocking to me that everybody behind me can hear me singing when I'm going that way. But the Bible does say, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And, and I'm not going to let any rock or any, any other person out praise me because I'm so thankful for what the Lord's done for me. At times of praise on a Sunday... Or any time, because it's not just about singing songs on a Sunday. I, I'm, I, I'm often walking up and down my garden path, and I'm singing or muttering or murmuring, whatever people want to class it as, um, songs as I'm, as I'm leaving my office to go in for, for, for food, or I go back out. I'm murmuring or muttering and singing these songs. And my neighbors must think he's a complete and utter weirdo, but I think he is as well, because I hear him the other side of the fence humming and, and, and singing old um, Navy songs. So, you know, I, we're both nutters either side of the fence. Praise includes three or four specific things. And this is really important. If you're tired, I want you to rub your eyes and wake up. If, you, if you're fidgety, stand up, walk around the room. But I want you to listen to these things because they are so important. Praise includes exhortation, declaration or proclamation, and spiritual warfare. That is what praise is. There are other words I could add to it, but these are the three that we're going to look at this morning. Exhortation, declaration, and proclamation and spiritual warfare. So the first one we're going to look at is this, the praise of exaltation. What is exaltation? Exaltation is to glorify and praise God. It is to honor God. It is to elevate higher and higher and to lift up. It is to enthrone. If you want to know what praise is, when we're singing our songs, it is to enthrone him. It is to lift his name, his power, his glory, lifting him higher and higher. That we go from one level to another level to another. But it's all about lifting him higher. What is praise? It is to praise him with everything that we've got because he is the most high God. So to exalt God is a powerful thing that every one of us do. Every Sunday when we come in. Some of you may exalt God a little bit more reserved than others. Hands in your pockets and not a lot of enthusiasm. But when you know what God has done for you, I'll tell you what, you won't keep your hands in your pockets for long because... There's, a, there's an old song, look what the Lord has done. He's healed my body. He's saved. He's healed my, touched my mind. He, uh, I can't remember how the words go. But, but he's, he's done it all. And when we realize what he's done, you know, he saved us from a lost eternity. That is, if that was the only thing God ever did for the rest of our lives here on earth, it is worth, he is worth giving him 
all our praise. Because salvation from a lost eternity to an eternity with God is worthy of praise. But he's done everything else for us along the way. So to exalt God is not just saying the words of a song. I exalt thee. Let me me have another drink. I'm planning on singing lots of songs. My second bottle of water. It's not just, honestly, if you heard me rattle these words off sometimes, it's not just about I exalt thee in a song. If, if it was just the words of a song, it wouldn't change us. The wor- See, if we allow the words that we sing to impact or impart into our life, it changes us. It prepares us. It It changes the way we think, the way which we process. When we begin to exalt God above our problem, and he is bigger than our problem, then we've exalted him and positioned him in the right place. To exalt him is an expression of our heart and a reflection of our life. See, we can sing, I exalt you, but the rest of our week doesn't look like that at all. And then we come back into church and we say, I I exalt thee. It means nothing if we're not living it through the week. It's just words. It's just an expression. It's just a nice song. We could sing it as a karaoke because it has no effect upon our life through the week. The words that we sing should have a reflection of the journey of our life. When we say, I exalt you, what we're saying is, I am committing to living my life in a certain way. When I'm singing, I exalt you, it's not just a song in the moment, it's in a reflection of my life. Does your life, does my life, reflect and exalt him in all that we do? Do I exalt him? In other words, do I lift him higher in my problems? Do I lift him higher when it comes to believing God for my finances? Do I lift him higher? Is he at the center of my finances? Is he at the center of my marriage? Is he at the center of my family? Is he at the center of my free time? Is he at the center? Because to exalt him means that we place him at the center of our life. Or is it just the word that we're singing, I exalt thee? And, and, and I just really want to dig into the very core and the being of our lives to challenge you and me why we sing for the reasons why we sing. And are we really singing as an expression of our heart or just words on a, on a screen? Because there are too many people that are singing words on a screen and not letting it flow through their life. What we're doing is that we are committing to God that we will exalt him in our attitudes, in our actions, in our daily living. When we say, God, I elevate you, I'm elevating you in what I think. I'm elevating you in my conversations. You can listen to some conversations and think, where is God in that conversation? We can say we're exalting him, but we're not exalting him in this conversation. 
If the conversation is a negative, derogatory, or speaking against somebody else, or, or being a gossiping situation, we need to bring God to the center of that and lift him high so that we exalt him in that conversation. It's a lifestyle. Praise and worship isn't something that we do on a Sunday. It's a lifestyle throughout the days of our life, for the rest of our life. We are enthroned in him to be at the very center of all that we are. Every piece of your life. You know, we may say, oh, the, my life is like a pizza. We're, our lives are all like a pizza, right? Your, your life is a pizza. Adam, your life is a pizza, okay? But with pizza, we slice it up into different, unless you just pick up a whole pizza and you decide to chow it down. Our lives are made up of you know, finances, work life, hobby life, family life, family life, depending on how big your family is. It, our lives are all like pizzas. But God says he wants to be at the center. And as we exalt him, we say, I want you at the center of every piece of the pizza of my life. Listen to this. This is a brilliant scripture. If, you, if you've got your Bible and you want to turn to it, Exodus chapter 15. I was going to read just verse 2. You can just put verse 2 up there. But this is a song of Moses. And Moses just got so excited. And talking about praise and worship. Um, I'm going to read from verse 1 and verse 2. It says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I'm not going to sing the whole song. I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole song. Um, and they sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has gloriously triumphed. Sorry, he has triumphed gloriously. He has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He and, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Do you know what? If you sung that song up here, you could easily think, it's all about I and me. You're talking about you and your life and what you're going through. But yes, that is a song of praise. Sometimes some of the songs that we have up there is about I am, I am speaking of the goodness. I'm exalting you in the goodness of what you've done for my life. This is exactly what Moses was doing as a song of praise here in Exodus 15. I'm going to read it out of here. Exodus 15, verse 2. The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. And he is my God. And I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. Some people will say, well, that song's all about you. But no, it's not. It's you saying, this is what I think of you. This is how much you mean to me. This is what I feel in my heart. And I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to praise and I'm going to exalt you. And I'm going to just declare the goodness of God in my life. This is the wonder of praise in exaltation. The praise of exaltation helps us to focus or refocus. When you're going through the valley, when you're going through a difficult time, when you're going through a famine moment, do you know what? When you begin to exalt him, he brings you up where he is. Why? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. 
He doesn't come down to our level. He exalts us up to his. And then we see our problems, our circumstances from a God's eye view, rather from a negative standpoint for where we are. And we begin to see God at the center. Songs like, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. <laughs> See, this is, where, this is where I think, Lord, why do you do this to me? This is obedience, all right? I can't sing to save my life. <laughs> but I felt the Lord say, you've got to sing these. <sighs> God, I look to you from where my help comes from. Give me vision to see things like you do. That's the power of exaltation. Waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, who you are. This is exaltation. Waymaker. What are you saying? I know that's who you are. This is who you are. It's, it's you exalting who he is in your life. Oh, I've got another song. <laughs> God of miracles, come. Supernatural love. <laughs> I should have rehearsed these songs over and over again. But this is exaltation. God of miracles. This is who I know you to be. I know that you are a God of miracles. I know this is who you are. Waymaker, that is who you are. I know that is who you are. And you just exalt in him. And then I've got one more in this category. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. To the end. <laughs> There we go. That's why I have a worship team. <laughs> Praise the Lord for the worship team. Thank you. I haven't primed Camille. She knows none of these that are coming up. It's all about him. But it's all about us recognizing and saying, I know that you are the center. It is exalting him. It is exalting his ways. Your ways above our ways. I know that you're going to come through. I know that you're there. I know, I know. You will do this for me. I know. What is it? It's exaltation. Now we're going to look at the praise of declaration and proclamation. Declaration and proclamation is to make known, to set forth, to proclaim God's goodness, to declare victory... So you proclaim God's greatness and you declare victory against your enemies. It involves both proclamation and declaration. It's a speaking out. It's a declaring and a proclaiming of what God can do for you. When we declare the praises of God, we're reminding ourselves of God's past victories. You've done this for me. You've done that for me. God, I know. See, see, not all praise is singing songs. 
We can, with the pr- praying, when you're praying and you're praising, you're praying the prayer of praise. See, pr- praise is a prayer. Praising him with all of your heart. Praising him with singing and leaping and dancing. See, sometimes when you don't feel like it and you give a sacrifice of praise in the house of the Lord. See, you don't know what the person next to you may be going through. What problems, issues and difficulties they may be facing. But you still praise him. Not because you're going through a difficulty. Because he's worthy. Bottom line, God is worthy of our praise. You don't know what may be going on with the person behind you, but you hear them jumping and shouting and hollering and and getting all excited, and you think, well, I wish they had calmed down a bit. They may be believing for a victory in God that something will change in their circumstances that has to be supernatural, not just natural. And sometimes it causes us to break through the natural so that we see something supernatural take place. There is a power in praise. When we're singing songs like, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory because the battle belongs to the Lord. See, we could turn around and say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's all about you seeing your victory. Yes, you, you I was going to say, you bet your life it is. Um, I don't bet. Um, you can guarantee it is. <laughs> when I'm starting to sing, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see, a, I'm not only thinking back of my victories that I've come through that God has helped. I'm thinking of the ones that I'm going through right now that I know that he is the source of strength whilst I'm going through the valley of difficulty. But I also know that he has the potential to turn it into a pool of springs called the Psalm 84. That I may be walking through the valley of Baca, which is the valley of weeping, a time of struggle, a time of difficulty, where all the pressures of life may be upon me, but I know he can turn it around to the pools of springs where I come out and I feel refreshed and in victory but it's him and it's in our praise that we see these things come to pass but someone maybe said well that song's all about you it's all about what we want what you want what we should have do you know what when you're proclaiming the goodness of God and you're declaring over the work of the enemy you yeah it is it is you saying I know you've done it And I know you'll do it again. Because that is the confidence of faith. Faith says, I know in whom I have believed that he is able and he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler. It's having that spiritual confidence. See, please don't ever let praise and our worship on a Sunday morning just be a a karaoke sing-along. Warming up before we get ready for the main meeting. It is, it is the collective coming together of us loving on God, exalting him, declaring his goodness and power over our lives. What are we doing? We're making spiritual declarations that will change the spiritual atmosphere of your life. Do I go on to say this now? Yes. No. Did I say this last week? When David began to play the harp, and the, the, I said it last week. When David began to play the harp, the troubling spirit over Saul's life departed. 
if you're being troubled by anything mentally in your life or you don't have peace, can I suggest that you put on some worship music and some praise and you allow it. You know, when, when, we were, when we were young, first married, and for many years when we were first married, we had, we had preaching every single night going as we went to sleep. We had praise and worship for the kids as they went to sleep. We had praise and worship going through. Do you know what? It is, I believe it is, it is such a powerful thing. Because when, you're, when your subconsciousness is aware, but you have shut down, the Lord speaks from deep unto deep. And he will speak into your soul, into your spirit. And I believe something miraculous takes place when we allow him to speak into our life. Don't put praise and worship down to four songs or five songs on a Sunday. Get it, get, you know, when you jump in your car, don't put on the radio first off. Put something that's going to edify and build up and encourage and captivate. The greatness and the bigness of our God. Proclamation and declaration. When David was going through some really difficult moments in the journey of his life. And he needed to see the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere of his life change. He wrote this in Psalm 18. It was the day that the Lord delivered him from his enemies. It was a day of victory in many senses. And David began declaring this psalm. And he started declaring, God, you are my fortress. You are my deliverer. You are my strength and my rock. David was declaring the praises of God. He was making him known. He was declaring for everybody, not just what God had done for him, but declaring for everybody that was around him. The mighty men, the troops, the, 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 the people under his power, he was declaring and making known. When you praise, you're making known. When I praise, I make everyone aware that I'm singing, but I'm also making known in the spiritual realm what I believe. We make known. David proclaimed and made known, and he set forth his faith stand. In Psalm 18, it says this in verse 2. He says this, this is his declaration after his deliverance. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Again, he's singing this song. He's declaring. David wrote so many songs in the Psalms. And here he's saying, the Lord is my Rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer, my God, my strength. In him, I will trust my shield and my horn of salvation. He is my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. David knew that when he praised, there was something that was supernatural, spiritual taking place. And he wasn't afraid to say, I will, I will, my God, my God, who I believe. He wasn't afraid to declare who his God was. And when you look at this over and over again, and he says, I will call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy. Do you know what? God is worthy to be praised. He is worthy of our best praise. He's not worthy of half-hearted praise. He is worthy of our best. If we're not giving him, him our best, then there are rocks somewhere 
who are praising in your place. He is worthy of our best praise. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. David's attitude was full of faith and praise and hope and expectation. He knew the God in whom he served. He knew him. I guess in many senses that's the key for every one of us. Do we know him? Do we know not only him, but do we know what he's done for us? When we know those two things in a, coll- a collision of both, then we will absolutely go berserk in our praise for him. As we sing our praises to God, the lyrics of the songs may reflect declaration and proclamation. God, I believe you can, and you will do it again. I believe you can, and you will. You're the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly and above all we can ask or imagine. My life is in you, Lord. My hope is in you, Lord. It's in you, it's in you. I'm not going to sing that one. Too high that one is. You are the most high. You are the most high, God. You are. You are. You are. You are. You are. What are you declaring? You are declaring you are the most high. Oh, I may be going through the valley, but you are the most high. I may be on my deathbed. My, my finances may not be meeting up right now, but you are still the most high God. You are. It really comes down to that. How about this one? I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. What is that? That is a declaration and a proclamation. You did it before, and I believe you'll do it again. Oh, it may not be a natural ocean, but you may need, a, and you may need a, an opening of work situation. You may need an opening to get an appointment to see someone. You may need an opening somewhere in your life, but God, he's done it before. There's a president. He's done it before. He will do it again. Whatever you see as a president in the Old or the New Testament, he will do again in our lives because he's faithful who's promised. These are the declarations and the proclamations that we need to speak. Praise isn't all about just elevating God. Sometimes it's about reminding ourselves of what God can do. Our praise is a weapon. Our praise is a weapon. Oh yes, it is about exalting God. It is about proclaiming and declaring what God can do. But it is also a weapon. Praise is an act of the soul and the body coming in line with spiritual truth. Because praise involves your physical and your, your soulish being. If your soul doesn't want to play ball, then your body is not going to move. If you don't want to elevate God, you will stand there with your hands in your pockets or you'll sit down, you know, for those who have to sit down, I completely understand that. For those who've got 
limbs that can keep them up, why not remain up in the presence of God? For those who can clap, it's really good when people clap in tune because it helps me. Because I, you probably all know I don't clap in time. All right. So it's really, there was someone here last week that clapped loud and clapped in time. I said, John Robertson, someone was clapping. I thought, this is really good. I can really clap this week because someone's <laughs> clapping in tune. I know I keep referring back to him, make a joyful noise, and I do. All right? So there's no, nothing's going to change in that area. But, but our soul and our body need to bow to our spirit. When you stand there, because I was here, this was me. I was hands in my pockets, and I was, yeah, go on, pastor, you make me praise. You do your best. You won't get me to join in. I'm bigger than you, I'm harder than you, and I ain't going to move. That was my mindset. I'm not going to clap. Clapping's for girls. I'm not going to lift my hands. That looks a bit wimpy. And I was so, oh, I'm not going to do this. But like I said last week, I preached my first ever sermon on the things that I didn't do. All about joy. 22 minutes long, 18 pages of A4 paper. All about lifting hands, praising the Lord, jumping and whirling and spinning around and all the rest of it. I just really want to home in. If your soul and your body join forces, your spirit won't get free. But when your spirit and your body join forces, all of a sudden you'll start going like this and you think, oh, what am I doing? People must be looking at me. Your soul is still telling you. People must be looking at me. Why, Why is my feet joining in? Because your soul and your body have connected and said, I will praise the Lord. When your soul is battling, yeah, but you're going through such a hard time. You're a hypocrite for looking like you're enjoying yourself. You're a hypocrite for praising and lifting your arms. You're a hypocrite. Look what you did in the week. But then your spirit says, you've been cleansed, redeemed, washed in the blood. You are a brand new man. You may have failed but I've covered that for you by the blood of the Lamb. That moment you can start praising again. The old legs start going, the hazel hop. I remember the hazel hop, hazel. The old hazel hop, the Pentecostal two-step. The pogo, that's about the only one I really am good at. Let everything that has breath praise Him. And when we're together... There is that beauty of praising him together. Practice at home. I had to, that's where I started. I started practicing my praise in front of a mirror. I've, because I was so introvert and so, so introvert, you won't believe, I had to start dancing in front of a mirror to know what I looked like. I had to start lifting my hands to think, do you look as stupid as you think you do? And I came to the conclusion that I don't care. I don't care anymore. 
I went to a meeting. Was it you, Margaret, and Isabel up in, up in Birmingham? Uh, Believers Convention. Was it me, you, and Isabel? And we went up to Birmingham, and there was a, 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 a Believers Convention up there. And I was in that meeting, and the Spirit of God was moving across, and it was just, there were, I think, four or 5,000 people in the room in the um, arena up in Birmingham. And, and the Spirit of God was moving in such a way, there was a wave of, of praise that was just moving. And I thought, I can either go with it, or I can resist with everything that I have. I thought, I've been here for so long resisting, so long. I just want, and, and my feet started to go, and it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. I'm sure all four or 5,000 people are watching me, but I don't care anymore. I'm praising him. And I guess I haven't really stopped since. Depends if I play football on a Monday night. Come Sunday, my knees are still hurting, but I, I still will give a bit of a jig around. But, you know, the knees... Anyway, let's go. Praise is a weapon. Sorry, interjection. Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The psalm doesn't say, I will bless the Lord in good times. That would be quite pleasant and acceptable to many of us. I will bless the Lord in good times. And his praise will be in my mouth when things go well. I will bless the Lord at all times. See, some of you have got no idea what has, what's gone on in Jane and my life for the last, I don't know how many years, as we've stood at the front and we've given God our best. <coughs> have no idea the battles that we've gone through. Some may do, in part. But we've never stopped praising him. We've never stopped leading others to praise him. Because we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we praise, there is a joy that is released that comes from heaven. That strengthens us for another week. Or strengthens us for another day. Or strengthens us for another hour. I don't know some of the battles that some of you have been through. But I do know that praise has kept us in a place of sanity. A place of confidence that God will bring us through and help us in the journey in which we're on. Praise is a power. At all times, in good days and in bad. When our back's against the wall, when the pressure's on, we still praise our praise is a weapon listen to this in psalm 8 verse 2 it says out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength why because of your enemies out of the babes of, out of the mouths of babes and infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Guess what praise does? Guess what? Because we're going to look at this scripture when Jesus quotes it. When, when the psalmist wrote this, he says, you have ordained strength because of your enemies. Jesus referred to this same scripture. He referred to it as he was cleansing the temple. 
and, and, and he, he swaps around a word. He interjects a word in Matthew 21, 16. And he said to him, Did you, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read, quoting Psalm 8, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. You have perfected praise. Not only will praising God give you strength and strengthen you in the journey of your life because of your enemies, but it is praise that causes that strength to come on the inside of you. It is praise. When you praise, when David praised with all of his might and he praised unashamedly, there was a strength that came to enable him to continue in the way in which he was going. When we're singing songs of victory, when the lyrics of the song are the words of spiritual warfare, we are moving unseen things in unseen realms. My praise is a weapon. My praise is a weapon. My praise is a weapon. I don't know the next line. <laughs> but I do know that my praise is a weapon. See, very often I start singing a song, and my children can verify this. I start singing a song. I have no idea of the next line, so I just make it up as I go. And I have words from different songs. I bring them in from all over the place. Old come into new, new come into old. I don't care, but I just sing because I know that my praise is a weapon. It does something in the spiritual. The battle... No, how's it going? The battle belongs to the Lord. Um, That's the one, that's the one. Belongs to you, Lord. Yep. So, and then there's rattle. Resurrection power runs in my veins. I believe there's another miracle here in this room. There's some who don't like rattle. That's fine. That's a personal preference. But when we sing it, there is a power in that song. There's another miracle. Here in this room. When we're declaring that over our lives. When we're declaring it over the spiritual works of the enemy over our life. There is another miracle here in this room. Why? Because the God of miracles. God of miracles come. Isn't he already here? Yeah, he is. Oh, isn't that a a lyrically imperfect song? Yes, who cares? God of miracles, come. We need you. No? Supernatural. I do care in lyrical correctness, absolutely. But I'm not going to get so hung up over lyrical correctness that I miss the power of the God of miracles in the room. If we start singing, if we start singing anything that is contrary to what God's word says, it will be out. There was a song, um, un- uh, how do the words go? With a big sloppery kiss. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that <laughs> out the window. I am not going to go up to God with a big sloppery kiss. When I see him, I may do, but I'm not going to sing those words here on earth. You know, I just didn't feel right in here. 
You might love the song. That's fine with me. Enjoy the song. There may be other songs on here that we sing and you think, oh, I don't like that song. Get over it. Just remember it's God who we praise. You know, when we suddenly get out the old song, um, How Great Thou Art. And you know all of a sudden there's this, there's a lifting in the room. But you know what? You go back through the redemption hymnal, the red hymn book of ancient year. You go through that book and you'll see so many doctrinal errors, theologically incorrect songs. And it is a selection of wonderful songs that we pulled out that we wonder and we glorify. But you look at so many of the other songs and you think, why did we ever sing that? It's the same with today. It will be the same with tomorrow. And it will be the same before Jesus comes again. When we get to heaven, we will be singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Worthy is the Lamb who, who is worthy to be praised. Do you know what? We won't get those words wrong. Because we'll be singing it over and over and over again. Why? Because he is worthy. Of all our pray, praise. Ah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I'm going to pause there. Aww. You're not in kids' church. <laughs> and it's probably 100 degrees in kids' church. It's 26 in here. I can't do this. I'm going to have to stop. I don't want to stop. For kids' church... Just tell, just tell everyone in Kids Church when you go out there, Pastor stopped for you. <laughs> that would make them feel good. Praise and worship is so, empower, so powerful, so important. And this morning, you may have heard some things, and you may have heard the songs, and they really touched your heart, touched your life. Just, you've never experienced anything quite like it. You've You've come to church because a friend invited you. you, you you're visiting and you're here out of the blue. You, you may have come week after week. You may have grown up in church, but you've never connected with God. But today you heard something that just clicked together and you think, that makes sense. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray that you encounter the living God and that he becomes as real to you as he is to me and many others in this room. This morning. So, church, let's close our eyes. Let's pray together. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. And if you prayed it sincerely in your heart and you want to connect with God, you want God to be the Lord of your life, then I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. Everybody's eyes closed will be closed and no one else will see it except for me and one or two people at the back. So, church, let's pray this together. Jesus, Jesus. I come to you today. And I thank you that you love me. You gave yourself for me. You laid down your life for me. And you forgave me of all my sin. Jesus, today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you that you have forgiven me. And that you got a brand new start. And a great future ahead for me. Jesus, today, I thank you for your incredible love just for me.
In Jesus' name. Amen. While every head is bowed and every eye closed, today you may have prayed that prayer for the very first time. You may have prayed it before, but today it's just made sense. But what I want to do is give you that opportunity to accept, to receive, and to begin this journey with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to count to three, and if you prayed that prayer sincerely in your heart, I'd like you to pop up your hand and then pop it back down. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer, just pop up your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand there. I see your hand there. There's three people in the room right now saying yes to Jesus. Is there anybody else who say, yeah, yeah, please count me in. I don't want to miss out on this moment. Nice and high. That was you. Just pop up your hand nice and high. Just once more for me. If you put up your hand. Thank you. Thank you and thank you. Father, I thank you for these people that are responding to you this morning. I thank you, Lord, that it's just not an emotional response. But, Father, it's their heart crying out to you. And, Lord, I thank you. You said there's more rejoicing and excitement in heaven over one one person that turns to you. And, Father, this morning, I thank you. In this room, there are three people responding to you. Lord, we give you the thanks and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just give God a big thank. Praise Him.